This is Accent, a music and mental health podcast. Hello and welcome back. This is episode numero deux of Accent. I'm your host, Caitlin Michael, and today we will be joined with local school counsellor, James Perlman, because I believe in order to actually keep up the conversation, we first have to truly understand what happens to our mentality when we start to feel anxious or depressed. And who better to give us this insight than a professional who has dealt with young people throughout his life? So to start us off, uh, what does the term mental health mean to you? Um, it's a really broad term. Yeah. Uh, and so clearly, like, it's really well, um, I guess, documented in that use, that word used significantly across, uh, across the media. And I suppose, yeah, we all have our perception over what that means and I think certainly I I think there's without question you you immediately go to you know depression anxiety and Mm -hmm. I guess those those um conceptualizations that are when people aren't doing so well but I suppose you know a holistic kind of approach also includes our mental health state when we are doing well and are functioning really well and so I think it's a really a really broad term that um not only covers yeah, when we're sort of functioning suboptimally, but also functioning really well. And to me, it's it's a holistic thing. It's about positive psychology, but also incorporates yep. that stuff yep. that is around um, psychopathologies that when we're not, not functioning so well. Yeah, definitely. And I think the media as well is very influential in creating those negative conceptualizations and and with it being all around us it's hard to ignore those uh, those stereotypes what is the importance of good mental health to you um yeah good question i guess yeah i'm i'm very much of the belief i guess yeah from a total functioning point of view you know i guess that sort of mind body soul kind of yeah. approach and and there's no doubt there's a really strong linkage between mental health and physical health and general well-being and quality of life and, yeah. and you know those things are inextricably linked and so um, good mental health is a key part of functioning well um, in life and so yeah it, it's definitely integral into, into quality of life. Yeah absolutely and and from that from a psychological perspective what do you believe uh, the main causes of this poor mental health? So what we do in, in psychology is we work on a what we call a biopsychosocial model and, mm-hmm. and look through that lens. Yeah. So bio sort of referring to, I guess, genetic factors. Yeah. Um, so the, the biology of, of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so that can be um, a major driver. There's always that debate between nature-nurture. Mm-hmm. And so that would sort of weigh into this pretty yeah. heavily. And so nature, again, being those genetic factors that we're sort of just born with and that's we got what we got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there's this, um, the environmental factors. And we know through twin studies and you know, a lot of research that's been done in that area that these factors um, interplay and both can have you know, significant influence on an individual's um, mental health and physical health for that matter. Yeah, it it can be quite complex. And I guess we're also learning a huge amount about other sort of, you know, biomarkers and things that probably exist within our genetic makeup that might require triggering at certain times, given certain events that could have certain um, outcomes for you know particular genetic makeup so it's super complex yeah um i don't totally understand mm. it but yeah, then yeah i think it can come from all facets 
Yeah, definitely. Now, now, what about you? Have you ever experienced an issue with your own mental health? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think at different times. I think I yeah. would be really surprised if, you know, there's too many cases where people just go through life, you know, don't have their challenges in some way. So, yeah, absolutely, at different points in my life where there's been life stressors that sort of really put you under the pump. And I think that is it's not uncommon for people who work in that sort of mental health area that they've come to be attracted to that area because they've understand, you know, their own experience and, and what it's meant to them and, and perhaps had a either a flair for it or an attraction to it or wanted to know more and sort of get drawn in in that way. So yeah, absolutely. There's been different times um, in my professional life um, previously because I've sort of been, a, I guess, a latecomer to, to this field and, and sort of only tra- transitioned yeah. fairly recently um, into psychology. Up until that, I worked in, in the business sector. I was kind of kind of lucky that I had a lot of exposure to sort of um, professional development in the area of not specifically mental health, but I guess they had a, a psychological sort of twist to them, mm. but in a business application and leadership application. But there were certainly different times throughout my career there. Yeah. Whereas under sort of pretty intense stress, and you've got sort of really responsible role and yeah. life difficulties, and and so you know that that definitely pushed okay. me at times, and yeah. and there was times where I certainly um, experienced significant stress, anxiety, low mood, and sort of learned ways to become more resilient and, and yeah. strategies and tools to sort okay. of work my way through that. In addition to, yeah, I've, I've sort of had some life stresses outside of um, of work. That have involved sort of grief and loss and that's been super challenging yeah um and, and adjustment adjustment to new roles in mm-hmm. life and, mm-hmm. and all these big life stresses um do pose pretty significant stress on on the mind on the body yeah there's there's no doubt there's been been difficult patches and low patches that mm-hmm. you learn to find ways to to work your way yeah. out of and yeah. i've i've utilized um you know psychologists uh, give me the strategies and the tools to be able to work through difficult spots and, and continually improve, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really important, like, if we're if we're caught up in life, it's it's really important to just slow down and and find those tools, the, those best ways that suit us individually so that we, we can, in fact, work our way out. Yeah. Well, what is the best and worst thing about being a school counsellor? Ah, interesting. I think working with really, really good people. I think we're really lucky to have, um, you know, really, really good kids here. We've got great staff, great facilities. So we work in a, in a really, really good school. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I think there's something about, and, and I don't know that I've totally appreciated this before I got into the role, but I think working with young people, you've got a real opportunity to make a difference. Mm, you know, yeah. like when you have someone come into you who's probably my age so yeah. and say you're working in a private practice or something I think your ability to really you know you, you can certainly help them we know we know we can we, with you know low mood anxiety um, but I think there's a lot more opportunity to make change in younger people and the preparedness yeah. for them to sort of make change and I guess yeah yeah d- during those early development stages yeah yeah and you sort of find I guess even even personality wise when you're working with someone who's only you know 14 15 16 mm. personality is not absolutely fixed at that yeah. stage so you've got more of an opportunity to sort of influence whereas yeah when you're dealing with mm. someone who's older personality is pretty set yeah like and yeah. that's the thing about personality it's kind of um, it is kind of set but it's not just personality I think young people's attitudes and preparedness to sort of take on change and make differences and you know I think um, 
Yeah, that's a, that's a real big, big plus. Um, negatives. I think the most challenging thing about school counselling is that you're kind of just, yeah, you're, you're one person in a school of, mm. you know, 11, 1200 yeah. students. There's a lot of bases to cover. Mm. And I think there's a lot more instances where I would like to work more like allocate more time to particular students but just because of the way the numbers you yeah. kind of have to be um sometimes we have to do what you call like triage a little bit and and you know i, I think i'm sort of getting better at making sure that obviously every student you know you've got to make sure that the students needs come first and and if i can't give them um what is needed i'll, I'll certainly look to, to outsource and refer mm -hmm. out um okay. and so that that student does get the attention that they need mm -hmm. you know time constraints just means yeah. that you kind of got to optimize and that's a bit of a challenge sometimes actually it's sort of okay. easier said than done yeah absolutely i agree and what about music do you believe music can play a role in improving one's mental health yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think not just listening to music, but particularly playing music, I think yeah. is, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, playing music, singing, um, yeah. but certainly I think listening to music, you know, there's a, yeah, there's something special about music. It's a pretty unique thing to humans yeah. too. That yeah. It's just kind of, and it is um, cross-cultural um, and, you know, it's, there is just something quite phenomenal about music. Absolutely. There is significant research in this area, but it's not certainly not my specialty, but just out of personal experience, mm. I certainly think there's something about um, playing music and singing that is um, extremely uh, therapeutic. Uh, and in terms of what it does with, with pathways in the neural networks, I, that's not my area, but I'm presuming that there is some, certainly something to it. Yeah. Um, and I certainly know that music therapy, um, you know, is is well grounded in, in theoretical research, but also just out of experience, you're in the moment, mm. you know, you're not ruminating about the past, you're not procrastinating yeah. about the future, you you are in the moment. If you're, if you're, you know, playing a piece on guitar or, you know, piano, I think there's something that it, it forces you to be in the moment. Your attention and concentration has mm. got to be in what you're doing, otherwise, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And so, what we know is that you know that's that's really important when we talk about sort of say low mood and, and depression you know it's pretty common that you know ruminating is is something that um depressed clients present with and so when you when you play music you're not doing that and there's also something about um yeah it engages yeah it, it, you know, there's a physicality to it there's the, the the mental aspect to it you know they're really good healthy processes i think um and it's just enjoyable and what we know is again with people who uh, experience low mood, there's sort of a loss of pleasure in, in and they don't do enough things that um, lead them to feel sort of joyful and, and engage in pleasurable activity. With music, you know, one of the things is that oftentimes we see people kind of wait till they feel better to then do things that are more uplifting. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when someone's experiencing low mood, if you're going to wait till you're feeling it, it's probably not going to come. Yeah. And so you kind of got to do it and then you start feeling better. And I mm -hmm. think that's true for music. If you're feeling a bit blue, you know, and you, you, you know, if it's guitar or piano, yeah. you know, you, you do it for a period of time and you go, I'm actually feeling a little bit mm -hmm. better now. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling better. And so to sort of make that time for that to happen is really important. Yeah. And I think that's what's really interesting about music. You know, like Elton John once said, Music has healing power, definitely. Could you share some occasions where students of yours have 
successfully dealt with mental health? Like what systems or tools have you used that have been successful? Yeah, yeah. so look, I mean, by and large, I mean, as a, I guess, a clinician in, in psychology, we have to use evidence-based approaches. Mm. And so what that really means is the methods that we use are tried and tested in the field of sciences and have sort of scientific rigour applied to them. So that firstly means that they're based on sound theoretical um, um, concepts mm. and then also that there's um, applied concepts that have been tested um, and tried and, and true really through scientific rigour. And so that really means applying scientific process um, that they've done the research on these methods, that those research um, results have been published in scientific journals and open to the rigour of the um, criticism of the scientific community and that these methods are then, um, you know, retested with different groups, different populations. They might tweak different variables just to refine and sharpen and ensure that, that those results are, are accurate, that they're repeatable. And so ultimately, the, the most common um, treatment modality that we use is cognitive behavioural therapy um, and so that tends to be a go-to it's not to say it's the only one and it depends on the presentation as well and depends on you know there's got to be sound assessment and we don't diagnose here uh, as mm. school counsellors but that doesn't mean that when we see a student um, come through with certain um, presentations that you know, there's there might be some assessment yeah. that takes yeah. takes place, and and that may result in in me sort of referring out, um, depending on the severity of the symptoms that we're seeing. But certainly, yeah, there's there's definitely students that you know either present with anxiety, low mood that we do treat, whether it's through cognitive behavioural therapy or even even just with life problems yeah. um, that might not meet any sort of. Um, diagnostic criteria, but it's still causing that student distress. And so, you know, there's there's another form of therapeutic approach that we do take in school counselling, which is um, like a solutions-focused approach where we solicit the student's experience and their resources. And, you know, you oftentimes find that they've actually got the solutions within. They just haven't yeah. been able to arrive at sort of, a, I guess, a logical and, and, and maybe even um, drawing on their resources that they maybe even didn't know they have. But once mm -hmm. you actually talk it out, they're pretty capable. Yeah. And so it's just uh, having a process around that to be able to sort of um, get them to, to be able to realise what those best next steps might be, look at ways to... Um, to attack that. So the two main sort of um, areas that we look at is mm. how much distress is it causing the student just in terms of their subjective experience, but also how's it impacting their life. It's really about allowing the student to come to their own conclusions yeah. through yeah. what we would say is some um, sort of guided discovery. Yeah, absolutely. Allowing them not to fall into that self-doubt that's just draining, you know, but instead utilising those rhythmic and repetitive aspects of music to calm and engage our minds like reduce that impulsivity and enabling us to actually become motivated and live our lives. So to what extent do you think music can work as part of a treatment for a certain student? Uh, it depends on the student and, and I definitely, um, yeah, I think it's super common that um, students firstly listen to music and, mm -hmm. and I really find that um, it can be used tactically really well. Sometimes it, it's a great distraction, particularly where a student might be having problems with regulating emotion. Music's a really good go-to to just mm -hmm. have them just go to another place because one thing we know about emotion, it's kind of transient, it does yeah. move. 
and stuff. They're just having some trouble regulating, just going to get the headspace into a, into a different place. And, and, you know, we both know that sort of music can alter mood. Mm. And so it just has that, it plays that role. So it's got this distraction sort of um, function to it, but also has the ability to, you know, if someone's just feeling a bit overwhelmed with emotion, it can just shift mood, whether that's in a, in a direction of being, you know, upbeat and energetic, mm. or it might be a bit more sort of circumspect and, and just relaxed. And, mm. You know, there's different ways music can be used. But there's other students I have that are really quite talented musically and, and playing, and so mm. that plays a role too. Yeah, it goes back to that physical playing of music, absolutely. So you mentioned it before. Are you familiar with music therapy? Uh, I am familiar with um, with the term and, and yeah. I'm not skilled in that area. So yeah. I guess to the extent of being able to um, implement and, and do it, um, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I am certainly aware of it and, and, you know, it doesn't come as any surprise to me that it yeah. could be certainly sort of really um, a really uh, helpful and effective mode of, mode of treatment in, in certain cases. And it's, you know, it's especially perhaps where that, you know, those individuals have, or may have tried other treatment modes and it sort of hasn't been as successful as you would hope because, mm. you know, there's, there's evidence to suggest that not every treatment mode is right for every individual yeah. uh, and there's varying levels of success. Um, so if a, a rationale could be put up and a case could be put up to say that this might be suitable for this person, um, I think it should be considered. Yeah, and it's not just music in itself. We certainly find with one area I will get into, there's um, a drumming modality that's used just from a, from a counselling point of view. It's often quite successful with, with boys with sort of attention deficits, mm. perhaps hyperactivity that, you know, drumming's just a, and again, I don't know the theoretical and technical yeah. background for this, but I plan on learning. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's another one that I sort of am aware of that has shown to be pretty effective. Mm, yeah. How do you know if any students have been positively affected with the music treatment? Yeah, gotcha. So measurement's a really important part of, um, you know, what we do in treatment and certainly measurement at the commencement and throughout treatment is super important for us to be able to gauge. And we also have goals at the start of treatment. So and they're, they're goals that are elicited by um, the clients at the, um, or the, the um, client goals. They're not, they're not my goals. Um, and so I guess there are two ways that we do track treatment progress. And so the measures that we use um, are measures that are, um, and essentially it's just like a self-report instrument. It's, it's essentially a survey, right? And you, yeah. you go through it. It depends on the, um, the student's presentation and, and, you know, whether it's low mood, anxiety or, um, or you know, something else. Um, choosing the appropriate measure that's really a, a been proven in a scientific sense, again, to be a reliable and valid measure basically you know and it's, and it's really a well tested measure say it's of that we're, we're this this tool measures what it says it measures mm-hmm. and it's an accurate measure and it's repeatable and so what we do is we we would administer that or we assessing um, the student but then also throughout therapy that we would um, um, have them completed again so that we can really just track progress yeah. and that we can see that there's been um, changes um, throughout throughout therapy and if there has what are those changes and if there hasn't you know what are we need to be doing differently um why aren't we seeing those changes yeah yeah and would you agree or disagree that 
listening to music actually stimulates and engages parts of the brain. Be, be interested to see that, and I, I think it, it certainly doesn't surprise me that that's yeah. the case. And I suppose you know one of the fascinating things around in the area of psychology is we've got this this concept of brain um, and this concept of or not concept of mind the brain is a is a physical thing and, and we can observe it we can um, see what um, exactly as they have in that study by the sound of it um, in terms of um, having um, subjects listen to music and seeing what is activated in the brain um, and observing it through scanning methods um, but then we've got the mind which you know does brain map directly onto mind and vice versa uh, mind is kind of this concept that is not limited to this thing that's about this size that's yeah. grey and sits in your head, you know, mm. you know we, we can do all sorts of things with our brains that, yeah, it's, um, but this concept of mind is, is something different, but uh, it absolutely doesn't surprise me that, you know, um, that music might activate um, areas in, in the brain in certain ways that, you know, any other means may may not or any other stimulus mm. may not yeah and, and with that do you believe that there are any other benefits for young people listening to music ah just it's enjoyable yeah <laughs> and that's not to be underestimated mm. you know just do things because it, it you like it like that's fine mm. and i think that's a really good thing again with mental health just just enjoying things for the sake of enjoying things is a really mm. good reason to be listening to music mm. but yeah I, I think there's there's multiple benefits to, to listening to music i think it's a fantastic thing yeah okay absolutely that's great well well thank you so much for joining us and for your time so some really insightful points there from james pillman i think we can really see the importance of not underestimating the power of music and and how our brains work and how we're affected by our mental health and just the extent to which we can use music to help us become motivated and do the things we keep procrastinating about. You know, it's it's actually such a really interesting thing. I hope you enjoyed getting to know the psychology side of our, our mental health and and what music can actually do for us. But until next time, be sure to have a listen to the playlist on my Spotify page for anything from motivational songs to inspiring songs of any genre. Remember, you determine the circumstances. Thank you. If you or someone you know needs help finding crisis resources, visit www.accent.com forward slash info for further action.